Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back, guys. Podcast number six. Chris, what's up? Hey, I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. A lot of tired of this of- weather, but I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, we're supposed to get some cold weather here at the end of this week. Um, earlier in this week, it was like 60 degrees and sunny, but we, we actually woke up to some snow this morning. <laughs> wow. That's kind of odd for down here. I'm in the armpit, man. I've been in snow for weeks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so what did you do this weekend, man? You said you had a big weekend. We did. I had a busy week and a busy weekend. Um I want to talk a little bit about this uh, property we recently went on and yeah, how'd that go? It was actually pretty good. The, it was a client that I went to uh, earlier in the month that I designed a plan for and it was in Virginia and the property was an old uh, pasture. Uh, They had a lot of pastures, old pasture ground and stuff. And the property was majority, majority of it was taken over by cedars. So, in those cedar areas there's no food right you know, they, they were so many you know bunched together and approximately how big was the it was the pro property was 87 acres okay i was gonna okay yep it did have some you know hardwood sections on it but it also had probably i want to say it was probably 20 acres of field open right. field but the rest was uh cedars so and, is he planning on like food bunch of food plots now yeah, so I mapped out a bunch of food plots for them that they're going to work on some switchgrass areas, and then they had this big 10-acre um, hillside uh, south-facing, actually, where it was all just cedars and these pi- and giant pines. You walk in there, zero food. So they actually found a person, a company, to come in, cut these cedars off this hillside, and literally just clear cut it. Okay. And they they were going to use it for uh, like a they were building barns and stuff out of the cedars. So oh okay. Like, the guy like jumped all over. Um. So yeah. he was all happy to get to get it. And they sh- actually they should be cutting as we so speak. Like took it to a sawmill and had boards made and stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. gotcha. So they uh, the landowner found this you know found them and they're coming in. They should be they should be cutting now this week. Okay. Um, but they're basically clear cutting this hillside and just let it, you know, let it regrow. And then on the back corner of that was a two acre patch of hardwoods that backed up to some other woods. And they actually, I put a, told them to put a tree stand back in there, but they actually hired us, hired us again to actually come in and do the work. And it was a small patch that we worked on basically out of the whole property. You know, we probably only worked on maybe 10 or 15 acres of the property, but they rented a skid steer and we came in, they had a big four acre patch of these cedars and we came in and basically we did cut some with us with a chainsaw and then also took a skid steer and made kind of like, you know, snake like trails through there on the lower part of it, which was the flattest part. And then on the, you know, Hills part of it, we, cut like different like open areas of the cedars basically just cutting them down letting them fall they can decay decompose or whatever just to kind of get more 
sunlight in there and the way we use the bulldozer or skid steer to go through we did it in a direction of flow to where it led them from food plots to bedding the way the the flow of the the lay okay. of the, how the lay of the land was so we we directed the flow of deer movement through the cedars down into this creek bottom where we also did cutting to where they can overlook a rifle stand up high on a ridge looking down into this bottom okay let me ask you something inquiring minds want to know did uh did you lay the trees down in such a way for bedding or did you guys tote these all off to one area and ditch them yep so when we made these roads going through there snake lake trails we also every 30 yards cut like an open area like a pocket out like an open area we did take some cedars and put them in those areas so to add cover so deer could bed in there okay. and we kind of separated them every 20 or 30 yards or so the other areas up on the hillside we didn't want to take the skid steer in there but there was some flat parts but we in that uh instance we just cut the cedars down to let them lay gotcha basically just to get some extra food in there yeah just to get sunlight to the ground huh yeah and i want to make a point about that is a lot um i feel like the way i see it is the this entire area was covered in cedars i mean if you just drive 15 miles out it's all cedars all these properties had cedars on them massive <laughs> so this is what the deer are used to you know they're used to this type of habitat so right you know some people may hate cedars some people like them i'm kind of in between i feel but to eliminate every single cedar on that property you know you could do that but again it's part of this what they're used to culture shock right so we say they're eliminating say 50 percent of them to start with and then they okay. can come back and manage that over the as years go on mm -hmm. so the property was really lacking food and then some hardwoods we cut we did a bunch of hinge cutting we were there for two days mm. and uh it was a lot of work i couldn't move after, <laughs> you know but um cripple everything went pretty smooth really but it, yeah. you know jack was on the skid steer he was doing some stuff i jumped on it i was on it five minutes and derailed a track <laughs> so um we had, you have trouble with skid steers you know i, I do i have a bad history with skid steers <laughs> um so we yeah. uh we had to call the or call the landowner he come out and it was actually a buddy of his that, that he rented it from he came out and they had it fixed in 30 minutes they put yeah. it back on nice um they're you know it's second nature to them but yeah so i was on it five minutes and derailed a track but that's just some things that you got, you know, that the listeners can do is, you know, have an idea, never eliminate everything of, of something. I feel, you know, that's just the way I see it. That's what they're used to. The main idea is obviously just to kind of, if you have these cedar thickets, create, pass through them, cut some down, direct the flow of traffic of deer where you want them to go, because a deer is going to go with the path of least resistance yeah and i i have uh, a story about that this week here i just posted a video uh about a little experiment that i did mm -hmm. and down here on my own property i don't have a whole lot of brows not much to speak of at all 
I've been there many times. Yeah, and if I do, it's it's over deer head high. You know, Mm -hmm. they've got it roused up. So I had a lot of small birch trees coming coming on, you know, like 15, 20 feet tall. And I don't really need them in there. They're not a whole lot of significance to them. Mm -mm. Um, I don't know that they're even a very highly preference, you know, high on the preference of a deer to eat. But given that there's not a lot out there, I wanted to go cut them down and put a trail camera out. Mm -hmm. So I did that this week and I made a little video and I just posted it here. It'll be out before this video, before this podcast even comes out. And, um, it was pretty interesting. It took 16 hours for the deer to find it, Mm -hmm. but in retrospect, that's not really that long, uh, given the conditions we have right now, but they are out there searching. And, uh, did you, did you cut these completely or did you hinge cut them? I completely cut them. Okay. Yep. I cut them off that I, yeah, I terminated them, uh, took them down and in the main trunk portions, I, I chopped them off and threw them off to the side and just left all the tops, the tops lay. There. And they were, they were so butted out. I mean, they had so many buds on them and mm-hmm. yeah, 16 hours. Though, it was pretty cool. I got some cool video, uh, in the video mm-hmm. coming out. I had the uh, camera on video mode, so it was pretty neat. It was yeah. a nice little experiment. But said all that to say this: you were just talking about cutting, taking too much of something, and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now my neighbors down here, to the north of me, they had about fifteen acres, and they darn near clear cut it mm-hmm. and made a huge mess, but. I went for a walk this week and uh, I'm not really in favor of clear cutting something like that and getting rid, getting rid of it all. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. but they were using that as uh, I, I don't know what I want to call it, like a safe Haven. They weren't really betting in it per se, but man, the, all the tracks in the snow were heading straight through all that garbage Mm-hmm. And and it, they was kind of using it like a tunnel, man. It was it was going from one place to another, and you know I kind of thought they would avoid that area because it was so nasty. Mm-hmm. They do not. They just pick and choose their routes through there. Yeah. I mean you're you're not going to keep them out, I guess. But I was just very surprised at how much they was using that area. Um, yeah, I mean as long as they have room to room to walk through or yeah, they was getting they don't, through there. They don't feel trapped or something. No. And on, on, on the other side of it, like on, on my side, it's all hardwoods and it, it transitions through that 15 acres of total decimation, which is only a couple hundred yards wide, but it was mm-hmm. real long. That's what, that's what made up the 15 acres. So they just had a short distance, a couple hundred, uh, yards to get through all that garbage but on the other side now guess what was over there what water and bedding mm-hmm. mm, gotcha there was a swampy area over there and deer loved to drink tainted water i don't know why that is <laughs> but they love puddles and stuff like that but me personally i like clean water yeah no doubt so this 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 swampy area 
they were tramping all through that. Mm -hmm. And I even posted some pictures on Instagram uh, of some of the trails that I found this week down. It just trampled to the mud. And we've got you know, like six inches of snow on the ground and they've had it trampled right down to the mud. Mm -hmm. And like I said, once you broke through there, then there was all like you're talking pine, cedar, whatever it is, all this green trees, real dense, dark, moist, but no snow under there. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's where, you know, a lot of them are bedding. Yeah. And, and on the outside of that now is a field. So, you know, there's an instance where my food plots are on this side, hardwoods, water, bedding, fields. It's like the perfect combination. Yeah. They have it all right there. But my point was, like, you don't really slow them down a whole lot. If they went through there and they can fit, they're going. Yeah. Well, the other thing we did, too, or, you know, listeners can do, too, is Zach was taking the bucket of the skid steer. And just lifting it up high and and smacking the limbs off the trees, okay. just to just to get sunlight in. Because when you walk through there, it was so thick, five feet down to the ground, and you know five feet. Right. There was not a single needle on the trees. Oh. On on the just, limbs. Just snapping off all the dead stuff. Because there's no there was no sunlight getting to that portion. You know the right. top half of it had sunlight or had needles and stuff on it. Green. Yeah because of the hitting sun, but then the five feet down was completely dead. And the reason I bring that up is because somebody, I saw somebody on social media saying that, you know, pines are awesome um, for like thermal wind protection. <laughs> yeah. But they're not when it's really thick, if there's no needles or to, right. to block that flow, right. that airflow. So like there has to be, you know, balance with it, but you have to open it up some, everything's about sunlight. Yeah, you can't have all that dead and dead stuff hanging like that. I mean, there's no not only that, but you, you've heard people say, "Well, oh, they eat pine needles and pine bark." They do. Man, they gotta they gotta be starving for that though. Man, we, hey, that first year at the farm we hunted together. Yeah, the first year I was there, they I had trail cameras on. We've it. seen they, it. They were eating pine needles. Yeah, we've seen it. I, I don't like to see that because. <laughs> well, the 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 ribs were showing all the deer. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, ribs were showing. The very first year, but we, we fixed that in one year. Let's switch it up. You going what? to Harrisburg show? Unfortunately, yes. Oh, he's going. He's going. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm headed. I bought, I've got an online ticket for the first time. Nice. I talked you into it. Yes. Yeah. I, I just thought about all the years past standing in that big line outside. In the cold. In the cold, and you don't want to wear too heavy of a coat because it gets hot inside. Because it's hot inside, and you got to get rid of your coat somehow. And I always bring a backpack, but you can't roll up a big coat tight enough to get it into a backpack. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we. Yeah, looking like you got a freaking uh, right. uh, uh, sleeping bag on your back, you know. Yeah, yeah. We we knew each other was gone, guys. Um, we're actually going to meet up and uh, and walk around the show, but. I got my ticket online as well. I'm going to go up. We're going to meet Saturday morning early, and we both since we both have our tickets, we're going to go straight yep. through the doors. We're try to get in as quick as we can. Yep. Because <laughs> it's supposed to be, uh, I think, below 30 degrees Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cold. So, 
with this show, what is, what are your thoughts on these shows? This this Harrisburg show. Well, you know, and I we've talked. We 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 even we even did a podcast about this a couple years ago when you had the other platform going. Yeah, it was like three years can, ago. You canceled that out, mm-hmm. but we we were talking about how the the shows are dying off. Mm-hmm. Everything. I mean, because you can do anything online now or virtually, and uh, you know, people don't need to go walking around looking at things unless they're i mean i like doing it to be honest i i like to put my hands on things but there's a lot of people don't want to drive that far to go do this like i got to drive three hours to get to this show you can shake everybody's pee hands yeah everybody don't wash their hands they don't want to shake that's a that's a thing with this show guys it's uh it's a cesspool and i'm not really like a like a germaphobe really too bad but like there's something with this show i'm telling you it's just like when you get get sick every year when you get done with it you just want to go home burn your clothes and shower for like six hours because you're shaking millions hundreds of people's hands they're going to the bathroom they're not it's just (laughs) I, i i started getting everybody fist bumps and elbows <laughs> got the heebie-jeebies yes I'm, so I'm, is there anything that you're looking forward to seeing at this show um Are i want shopping s- for anything i am specifically um, ammo yeah i want to i need some ammo and tj you know tj yes. he wants ammo so i'm gonna he's got me a, he's gonna send me a list of stuff that he wants um Are so they i'm allowed looking, to sell ammo though i i I'm pretty sure that they have ammo. I'm not sure. Cause I'm pretty sure TJ came up a couple years ago and bought it. Okay. But, um, I'm looking for ammo and I, I want a good pair of hiking boots. Ah, I want to see if they have any boots and then. Anything a, in, in mind? Not really. I don't really. Name brand? Well, I was looking last night at Solomon's Solomon hiking boots because <laughs> never heard of them. Well, Solomon makes like snowboards and stuff. Oh, so okay. um, I used to snowboard a lot, but um, yeah, I can't snowboard now, break a hip. But um, I'm looking. Yes, I'm looking at those boots. See if they. I don't think they're going to be there, but I'll I'll check. Other than that, that's really the only two things. And then just hang out with your goofy self and try to trip you a bunch. And you ain't uh, tripping me, I'm too fast. I'm gonna trip you and uh, <sighs> see who we run into, and we'll, we'll talk to some some boosts and stuff like that but uh yeah that's my plan yeah well you were saying about my thoughts anyhow i got i got lost on my thoughts there i got thoughts too <laughs> there was i i did see this year there's a lot of vendors that were coming back remember last year how, how there was like empty booths mm-hmm. although i've heard there was a couple uh a couple vendors that aren't going to show either well it's like you that know? every year yeah, I mean, some of the guys are like up in age and they can't sit there for nine days straight. You it know? is a it's a long show. That, that's a marathon, dude. That ain't a that ain't a race. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah, do nine days there. It's too no, long. Um, I know the booths are very expensive. Very expensive. Um, a lot of people don't realize how expensive they are. I've never had one, but I just I know how much they cost. Mm-hmm. And um, and it it's a lot of uh, time to go there for nine days which you're looking probably at like 11 days by the time you drive up get a hotel yeah, set up yeah you know set 12 up, days 
Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of time to be away from home. And if people have a business and stuff, they're, you know, it's, it's tough. But the show I used to go to when I was a kid, it was, it just seemed different. It was more of hunters being there. Now it seems like it's just non hunters and it's people just looking for like little knickknacks type type things and they're not they're not like like really hunters that that's going to the show it's just like oh it's saturday let's let's go to the show and just kind of walk around and eat a corn dog and a chocolate chip cookie from the amish yeah see what's up yeah it's not really really hunters going there discussing hunting with the vendors and you know what i'm saying Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Look at when we sat in a booth. Yes. You know, you and I sat in a booth there for a while and a couple years in a row. And people, unless you engage them, they don't even engage you. Unless they actually have a question. You know, I would try to interject and like, hey, have you seen this product before? Or, you know, are you interested in this? Or do you food plot? You know, yeah. they would actually talk back or someone, you know, a lot of them were like, eh, not interested. Sorry. They, it's just hard. It was hard to interact with these people, mm-hmm. you know, cause like you say, a lot of them just seem like the yuppies that go out on the first day of deer and then that's it. Yeah. It's just, I think people are just bored. So they just say, let's go to the hunting show. But it's like, it's just people that's not even hunters. Well, you know what I'm tired of at the show? I really. What, you, what are you tired of? This is what I'm tired of. The gimmicks. Yeah, right. I'm tired of all, every, there's a gimmick for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I like real legit stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like all the gimmick stuff. You know, you need this because you got that. And, you know, I just, I get tired of it. Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't want to. Everybody's know, trying to make a buck. I get it. But. Yeah. Pff, I don't it's want getting de- to be a rich man's sport. Yeah, I don't want to degrade the show. You know, it, it is a no. It can, it's a good show. I enjoy it. I do. It's the biggest. I mean, there's so many people there. Um, if you've never, if people have never been, you know, I would definitely encourage them to go at least once just to check it out. And you can find deals on stuff, but it's it's like, remember two years, three years, whatever it was, we were there. I wanted a knife. Yes. I want. I wanted an outdoor edge knife. Yeah, and see, and I went. <laughs> I me, went there. Let Go me ahead. preface this. Yeah, he told me he wants outdoor edge knife. So I tell him. Well, I, I was hyped up about this knife. He was, and, and and I was like, "Hey, my buddy is a rep over Outdoor Edge, and I know he's in that booth." I said, "Let's go over and see him." Go ahead, you take it away. So I wanted. I was hyped up about this knife. I was talking about it. I go over there, and. I go to buy this knife and I bought it. Well, I thought I was getting like a deal on it. And then like later that day, I ended up looking it up on Amazon and I paid like $15 or something more for the knife. Yeah. And, and I know the people, right. And I'm like, Hey, this guy here wants to buy a knife. What kind of deal can you give us? Mm -hmm. And they like knocked money off supposedly. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and still paid more for it. And he still paid more. And here, I thought they was doing me a favor because I knew them, giving him a good deal. <laughs> and he finds out he got, he paid more. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I wasn't I, really worried about it, but like, well, I was, well, I was kind of jaded about it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, uh, these are my buddies, but they live in my hometown in here. Right, you know? right. I mean, I didn't need, you know, any special deal. I just figured it was like being that you're at the show. Yeah, show special. It would be some sort of thing, and you know, I, I'm not bent out of shape about fifteen dollars, but it's just the point of everybody can get things online now. Yeah, buyer for, beware, huh? Yeah, you can get stuff online and you don't have to pay the fifteen, twenty dollars to get into the show and then you have to pay the fifteen, twenty dollars to park. It's more of yeah the camaraderie setup, you know, that people are, are there for. Yeah, and that's a, everybody's like, Why do you keep going back? And I said, Well, I don't know why. I keep saying every year I'm not going, but yeah, I've made so many friends, you know with even the, even with just the vendors like just buying their products every year and things yeah. and well, that's where i met and, you at yeah basically yeah yeah that's where i met that's where we met at at the show and uh just making friends being at the show talking to different vendors and using different products mm-hmm. uh you know i just read online tonight that one of the one of the guys that sells bear sense is going to be back this year mm-hmm. and uh Cause I didn't, I didn't see them last year. So that's cool. I'll get to say hi to them this year. Who would have thought we met at the show. And then two years later, we buried a skid steer up almost past the, the top of it. Not we, you, you were, pa- <laughs> you, were pa- you were panicking. Oh, you, you talk about panic. what did I have? I had a half of a broken shovel or something. I was yeah. trying to dig it out with this. This skid steer was buried. Handle were, was broke. And I had like yeah. two feet of trying to dig this. We were deep in this in this oh, was, uh skid here. It was deep. It was yeah. deep. But so, uh well we did a we did a job on that property and yeah, and we buried a skid steer. It, it was good while it lasted. Yeah. At least the, the owner thought it was funny. Yeah, the owner of the skid steer. Yeah. Yeah, he Yeah. He was okay with it. He treated us all right at first. He acted mad afterward, you know, but yeah. whatever. Well, is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. It happens. So on on social media, I have seen some stuff, and we did talk about this prior. But uh, I want to discuss the wrap this podcast up is kind of like the wrong, the right and wrong way of things. If if when it comes to habitat, you know, work improvements, food plots, whatever it is. There's a million different ways you can do something. And people get it in their mind that there's only one way to do it. Okay. And if somebody goes against that, they're a terrible person. They're doing it wrong. They're not going to have success and so forth. So I want to talk about that of just there people are just so rude on social media and they bash people for no reason. I, I saw a post tonight before we got on a guy, he right up front. He says, Hey, I'm new, new to this site. I'm new to food plotting. Uh, I'm going to do my first soil test. I want to know like what kind of clover I can plant. And that I, I wanted to plant this clover before fall. Mm-hmm. Well, all the experts come out of the closet and, you know, 
told him what he needed to do and how he shouldn't he shouldn't put that clover in in the fall because all that'll do is set him up for next spring and you know if you want to hunt over it this year you need to get it established in the spring and they're right they are right but the way they was talking to this guy you know he he just said how new he was to it and he, he mm-hmm. was explaining that he was a novice and these guys just jumped him mm-hmm. well even like the advanced people you know each person has their own way of doing things and not that they're wrong because their way may work but if somebody else sees them doing it their way you know what i mean and not doing it their you know their way yeah they just it's just so many negative comments for instance you know people are so on this trend of no-till stuff and yeah and it's just like you know, I had a video the other day of me describing a food plot. Actually, I, I made a video back in the fall of uh, we basically took um, overhaul from the main yeah. and we planted it and we just dissed it back in the soil very lightly. Only the top, you know, a couple inches. Right. And I had a lot of a lot of duff, duff. On, on top of the soil. And, you know, it I uh, I slung the brassicas out over top of it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't call it the packet. I didn't roll it. I didn't do anything with it. Right. And I posted that video. 50 comments saying. I'm an idiot. There's no way this food plot's going to grow. I should have no tilled it. You have to call it the packet. You have to roll it and so forth. Right. Nah. I came back four weeks later and did an update video. It was a beautiful food plot. Yeah. I mean, a beautiful food plot. Right. So why did I get attacked? You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah, because it it didn't fit their narrative. That's why it didn't fit their narrative. Yeah, it's just it blows my mind on the on this stuff. And this oh, whole... I I get it all the time because it, I always you know show B roll me or something you know using the a uh, cultivators or discs, and I, I'm destroying all the biome and all the all the bugs and life that's in the dirt and the sun's baking my dirt and all I'm, the oxygen I'm eroding. I'm a, you know, all the erosion, the wind's blowing my topsoil to the neighbor's farm and all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But Hey, I would agree if I, if I owned a no-till drill, I would use it in some instances. Yeah. But well, I it, has, it has a time and place for it. Yeah. I don't yeah. have it. Not, you know, and, and now this whole thing with the rolling, of the buckwheat you know rolling and crimping and, and, crimping and well not everybody has a freaking crimper no. i haven't i haven't seen a single farmer crimp anything those things are expensive they're and not to mention when you're when you get into like the wheat and rye and stuff you have to crimp that at a very specific time in order to, in to kill it. stage yep. yeah in order for it so who what food plotter can time their self their time that close of when a piece of wheat is in the dough stage for them right. to go crimp it. Well, and I even had, I had wheat and rye in the same plot mixed mm-hmm. and they weren't at the dough stage at the same time. Yeah. So I had right. to go in, I ended up brush hogging it all. Yeah. Yeah. I brush hogged yeah. it and sprayed it dead. Yep. Um, it's just, it's weird, man. People, they come up with this stuff and they just bash people. And a lot of times if they say these things, they never repeating. even done it. They never seen even it done somewhere it. else. Yeah, yeah, they just seen it somewhere else, but they have no experience with it whatsoever. True. But they're just say, repeating what somebody else says. 
I see it all the time on, on, because I, I know because I've been making videos a long time. When somebody says a certain phrase, yeah. I'm like, Oh, they're, they're repeating exactly they're what so-and-so said. Yep. Yeah. They're watching his videos. Yep. yep. I see it all the time. And yep. I go to look at their Facebook page or the social media and it's for like cats and dogs. <laughs> there's no food plots. There's no habit. There's <laughs> not, there's, you know, yeah. right. It's just, it's very odd. Yeah. It, well, the, the most common response is plant rye. Whatever, bro. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, hey, the social media, anyhow, to ask a question, I mean, I'm so hesitant to answer anything anymore, even. Mm -hmm. I stay if you off. Don't, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't even answer these people anymore. Like, I bite my tongue. Like, I, I have the phone in my hand, like, ready to text them. And it's like, nah, someone else will come up with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's you just. Know. You know, and it ruins it for like the like you said, the new people getting into well, it. Because, I would like to help somebody. Yeah, but, but then you try to help them, and then somebody else jumps. Fifty in. Fifty other guys jump in and and try to explain away what you told them. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like, okay, whatever. Yeah, it, it's tough. I just I stay off of it. And like I said, guys, there's there's fifty different ways to do the same the same thing. And it's it's all by you your know, goals too. How yeah. you you know what you want. Yeah. You don't have to, it's not a cookie cutter, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like that. Yeah. It's, it's all on what you, how you want to do something. What's your goals? Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have a plan. Mm -hmm. Can't stress it enough. Yeah. You don't need a no-till. You don't need, I mean, you don't no. need a roller. You don't need a crimper. You don't need, it, it's very, food plots no. are very, very, very simple to do. Yeah. It, it's made to be a science anymore they mm -hmm. make it into a science and they just confuse everybody yes you know yep i mean it was so easy cavemen could do it a monkey you're a good example it. of that a monkey can do it you can do it it's a monkey caveman monkeys you, you caveman i'm a caveman well that was episode six guys thanks for listening um he's white tail obsession i'm city sticker Subscribe to our channels. Listen to the podcast. You can find the video podcast on my channel. And uh, we appreciate you. Yeah, we'll see we'll you see guys. see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.